deux, trois, quatre, cinq. Un, deux, trois, quatre. Megan Draper, that's who it is. Should we even do an intro? Let's just go. Let's do Mark Marin style, and we'll just yeah, start we'll talking. Just be, hey, man. Hey, we're hey, just man. having a conversation. What's up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, I'm Eugene Driscoll. Welcome to Valley Naval Gazing on WNHH 103.5 LPFM, streaming live, although this is recorded. Yeah, it's not. On 103.5. No, wait, no, it's not streaming on the radio. That's stupid. Yeah, Valleyindy.org yeah. and mm. newhavenindependent.org. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Valley Indie reporter. What's your name? Ethan Fry. How are you? I'm okay. How about you? Can't complain, really. How was your Thanksgiving? Good. I uh, the morning of I. I Why you got to mess with the mic so much? Because now it's gonna. I don't know. It's I. I feel compelled to. Right. I ran 3.1 miles without stopping. Oh so, yeah, you yeah, were in the cool. Commodore, the Commodore Hull. Yeah, and Thanksgiving. I actually finished. So. And yeah, the it, 5K from from Shelton to Derby and then back to Shelton. And one of the things we were talking about off mic, because we're radio professionals, was uh, we were looking like who you beat and who you didn't beat, mm. essentially. Because that's what it comes... I never run... I've, ne- I've never run a race. the first thing I wanted to know, yeah. Who, who, who are some of the people? Weren't there some names that you... Who did you beat? Well, 60-something-year-old Mayor Mark Loretti beat me handily. Uh, the only thing I'd say to that he's is that Superman. like six months ago I was smoking like thirty cigarettes a day and like now I'm nuts. But like you know it's it's baby steps back from uh, from that. Um, but I actually finished well ahead according to the race results of uh, Seymour uh, first selectman Kurt Miller's uh, administrative assistant Rory Burke. Rory, who's like eight years younger than me, so he's, he's- got a. Uh, maybe he got there late or something. I don't know. And I don't know. I, I, I would have he- figured he would have beaten me by like 20 minutes yeah he looks like the model of healthy living mm. and all that but look at that and then uh and past, what rory uh, prior uh valley navel gazing guest uh jenny ames beat me by like a minute so but she's like a cross-country coach so so you're feeling good I'm, are I'm, you gonna i don't feel bad about that are you gonna stick with this uh healthy lifestyle now or is this year are you gonna be running in more of these things are you gonna become like one of those annoying people who posts like every time they run on facebook i really i can't uh stand no well i didn't i didn't post that uh uh you know they got their Thursday. app hooked yeah, up yeah. no no i don't like i have an app to like when i uh, do running i like use an app to like track it and stuff but like i always at the end of it it's like share your and like no i don't want to i don't want to do that no because first of all like i'm not breaking any records here like you know i'm running like 10 minute miles it's not really anything to write home about but like in in contrast to like uh you know smoking cigarettes and eating fast food every day it's you know it's you know, it's not like i'm jack lalane here but it's it's just marginally better than living yeah, they, like a totally our office no longer lifestyle. no longer reeks of uh cigarette smoke all the time now it's oranges you're always bringing mm. in oranges yeah, which is yeah. nice uh, so what was it like to be like that involved or invested in a community event i mean you and i are relatively new to mm. the naugatuck valley i mean i've been here like a decade i guess uh, but you live in Shelton, I live in Derby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never attended actually that race. Uh, a couple of years ago, we would do the cover the football games live yep, yep. on uh, on the website, but uh, I've never made it down there for a number of reasons. Uh, mostly because well, it's family. eight in the morning, yeah, yeah, right. And it, well, yeah, and it's like, yeah, my wife always usually, usually has like, to yeah, work my, on Thanksgiving. My mom was and, like, "Hey, I'm gonna come and like support you on this race," and then she found out it was at eight in the morning, and she's like, "Ah, eh, I'll, I'll see you later that day." She's like, like, "Good luck, good luck, son." But uh, what were like some of the sights and sounds? 
Uh, it was just, it was just, you know, it's cool to see everybody sort of coming together. The guy who's been running it since it started, Jack Walsh, uh, he's the he's soon to be retired president of, or now retired, I guess. He is officially retired. President yeah. of the Valley United Way, pillar of the community. He's there, you know, running everything. Uh, like he's on like a chariot, like Charlton Heston <laughs> in uh, Ben Hur, like whipping. Go oh, run faster! Let's go, Mark Anthony. Like that kind exactly, of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. No? Um, but yeah, he's sort of, he's like running things, and I guess uh, uh, over the course of like since they started it in like the early two thousands, it's raised one hundred seventy five thousand dollars for the Boys and Girls Club, yeah, which is just amazing. And I guess they're going to be taking over like the the management of it uh, going forward. Um, but yeah, just like you know, ran out went off without a hitch. Like all the firefighters are out. Uh, they had the uh, two fire trucks on the Derby Shelton Bridge with the American flag, you know, between them. Uh, you know, all the police and fire sort of blocking off side streets and stuff. It's just a cool thing to see. And, and then you, as a reporter, as you ran by, they, they like they took the flag away and all turned their backs <laughs> just or something throwing like stuff that. at me. Yeah. Like, no, 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 I don't think anybody like recognized me. I hope I like nobody. I didn't get any like uh, bricks thrown at me or anything. And just speaking of tell. of like Valley uh, staple community events. Uh, I went to the Seymour Christmas Parade mm. uh, like last Sunday, mm-hmm. which first time I ever went to that, and that was an awesome event. We actually streamed it live on Facebook. I, I was there. I mean, I don't like to leave my house. I'll be honest with you. I'm terrible. And uh, but my my wife, who's a photographer, got a freelance assignment for the Connecticut Post, where she she used to work. And I was like, I mean, I can't say no. You know what I'm going to say? No, I can't. No. But anyway, she went up there and we brought the kids, and I decided to to live stream it. You know, on our on my iPhone. And it got like 2,000 views mm-hmm. on Facebook, which was amazing. But it angered my wife because there she is trying to work. Nobody's watching our kids. <laughs> and this Seymour Christmas parade, what I didn't know they do is as they go by on all the floats, first of all, we should get a float. We should do a Valley mm-hmm. Indy thing and walk it uh, next year because it would be a lot of fun. They throw candy at the kids. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Halloween. Yeah. I had no idea. This took me by surprise. So I'm sitting there, like, you know, doing live video, not really paying attention to my, my kids on either side of me. And they're practically running under the tires of fire trucks, <laughs> especially my, uh, my three-year-old Emma, to get this candy. Like, they loved it. And it was just a really cool uh, event to see. So, mm. you know, we're growing here at the Valley Indy. We're, we're actually, uh, beyond just covering these things, uh, involved in the community to some extent, you know, other than just, like, going to the do drop in. Uh, and sitting on a bar stool. But anyway, mm. let's go over the most read stories of the week. This is from valleyindy.org. And again, my name is Eugene Driscoll, and you're, welcome, you're listening to Valley Naval Gazing on 103.5 WNHH LPFM, streaming live on valleyindy.org and newhavenindependent.org. Number five, most read story of the week was our old interview with Donald Trump. Mm, the previous I, episode last of this week's podcast. podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was number five. It got, mm. I think about... I want to say 200 people watched on Facebook. We we posted it to Facebook. Another 100 or 200 on YouTube, mm-hmm. and then like another 50 or so on Libsyn. Mm. And I don't know how many on iTunes. And I didn't check our, our SoundCloud to see how many people had downloaded. But that was an interview that I had done 16 years ago with uh, Donald Trump, and I somehow managed to hang on to the recording, the cassette recording, all these years. And we haven't gotten uh, any emails from Kellyanne Conway or anything. Not a single okay. cease and desist. I mean, I didn't tag him. I didn't do like an at Donald Trump. That's sad. But uh, no, no. And no, like we didn't get attacked. And it, yeah, it wasn't that. Nobody's know, called to. It wasn't that controversial or anything. You know, it was pretty. No. Yeah. 
So that was that. That was the fifth most read. Number four, people care more about the Seymour Christmas Parade video Boom. than our old Donald Trump interview. Uh, number three uh, was a story you wrote uh, at a court, and Sonia Mann gets seven years for sexual assault. Uh, the second most read story, this is interesting, the Derby consultant says the Main Street widening plan is flawed. Yeah. That's out of that downtown now Derby effort to revitalize the Derby redevelopment zone along the south side of Main Street along the Housatonic River. Uh, they had this big reveal, which uh, the reveal was surprising that the consultant spent a lot of time talking about how the Route 34 Main Street widening needs to be tweaked. There's been a lot of comments on Facebook and uh, and our site itself under that, and we're going to have a follow-up because the mm. report was just uh, released. So, And then the f- most read story was just something we posted yesterday. This was the Ansonia police investigate a shooting. Someone was shot on Howard Avenue a few nights ago. Mm. Uh, we didn't have a ton of information. And that's one of those things. Here's how, you know, like, I, I, I heard about that shooting. We knew it was going mm. on. I wasn't in a position where I could leave my house and go to it. You know, mm. it's like when you're reading uh, Goodnight Moon to your kids, you, it's hard to just yeah, yeah, yeah. drop them and go run to a shooting. So I was texting you, mm-hmm. uh, but you were, you know, living your own life at 8.30 on a, whatever it was, Monday. You said you were allegedly in Ridgefield. I don't know if I believe you. I was at the... This is, you'll find this totally I don't, boring. I don't have but, to know uh, where you were. It's none <laughs> of my know. business. Uh, there was, it was interesting to me. Uh, the uh, um, the oh, This for- is going to be geeky. <laughs> it's going to be weird. I don't even, maybe we should just move on. I, I'm, I really, I, I'm a fan of like Formula One car racing. And the, uh, the season for that just ended Sunday. And that's produced by the uh, NBC Sports Network, which is based in Stamford. So every year for the past couple of years, they've had an event at the Ridgefield Playhouse where they like do like a season recap, like the guys who are on TV would like call the races and they do like a season recap, like behind the scenes sort of thing. So that's where I was at. And like right at the end of that, it's like shooting in Ansonia. It's like, oh, of course there was. Like, I like as Ethan I was has driving a whole to other it, life that I don't, I've worked with you for years. I don't know you. I don't know oh, your habits. Man. I don't know Formula your hobbies. One, dude. I right. had no idea. All right, so they, but you to your credit, you went over there. We yeah, did the, yeah. what, my point is we did the best we could mm-hmm. uh, that night. But a lot of times when it's a breaking news situation like that, unless you're there in a few minutes, it, yeah, 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 things yeah, get cordoned yeah. off. You can't talk to people. Uh, so we didn't have as much information as uh, the public would have liked. Uh, we had to really rely on the official word of the police department. And the police department, they're gonna in a situation like that, they're gonna release what they're gonna release. Mm. Uh, so there was a lot of scanner chatter going on about a car they may have been looking for. I've learned in the past, sometimes when you use that information, uh, it can turn out to be wrong. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, not, so yeah. we just try to confirm anything before we just throw it out there. We feel some type of obligation. So, all right, so what is our point uh, of this podcast? And I'll, th- there is none. 11 minutes into it, <laughs> we are just winging it. We're still recovering and catching up uh, to, uh, to posting stories after the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. But I thought maybe we would just take a moment. You know, Ethan and I, yeah, we talk about local issues all the time, and that's our primary uh, mission here at the Valley Indy, covering local news. But we're also movie fans. You know, Tom Breen, WNHH, does a podcast or a weekly radio show on the station uh, that I listen to and I love. But I'm offended that he hasn't invited me on to talk about movies. I talk about movies all the time. I don't know what I got to do. Mm. Uh, he talked about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in one of his oh, shows. Wow. I'm like, I'm an actor. I lived it. I think you've done entire podcasts about the uh, 
Texas I, Chainsaw Man, not this it, podcast. Right. I have another podcast that is just, uh, frankly, it's uh, too bizarre and too much cursing to be heard <laughs> on a like FCC-licensed uh, radio station, but it's called The Mobile Horror Companion. Don't look it up. But it's me and a screenwriter, an actual like live living screenwriter, uh, and a guy who does gore for makeup effects. We just talk about horror movies. And we mm-hmm. just argue sort of incessantly. And the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two is one of the movies we we argue about. I think it's a masterpiece. The screenwriter thinks it's garbage. Uh, but anyway, I thought we would take a moment to talk about the worst movies on the IMDb top ten. This is the list that everyone references from the internet internet movie database. Their uh, users rank the movies. And I would. What's the worst one on there? If I go through it real quickly, number one is the Shawshank Redemption. I disagree. Send you here for life. That's exactly what they take. Number two, The Godfather. Number three, The Godfather Part Two. Okay, those are all. You know that's going to be common. Yeah. What shocks me is that. Well, I mean, then it starts to go off. Number four, The Dark Knight. Number five, Twelve Angry Men, 1957. Number six, Schindler's List. Number seven, Pulp Fiction. Eight, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. And I don't even remember which one that was. They all were terrible. They don't hold up. They definitely They don't. were all I mean, I, way too long. Like, way too long. Like Number nine, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And number 10, Fight Club. So out of those, what doesn't deserve to be on there? Lord of the Rings is the worst on there for me. Um, I think Shawshank Redemption is like... That it's not as good on subsequent views as like you know it's one of those movies like Forrest Gump sort of like the first time you see it like oh those came out around movie. the same time too and then yeah. you watch it again and you're like eh, you know like see after the contact fall, is another one contact I don't know about but after the fall of the Berlin Wall I think like we were just looking for really happy joyous movies it was such mm. a great time our biggest concern was OJ you know in the early nineties different now yeah yeah. But it is, it's the Shawshank. Have you, do you watch that show Last Man on Earth with uh, Will Forte mm-hmm. on, uh, it's on Fox. It's a great show. Okay. I highly recommend it. But one of the things they do, you know, it's about the apocalypse that's come and gone and the virus killed off everybody except uh, this small group of survivors. And I actually, I'm not even going to go into it. There's funny Shawshank Redemption uh, references in there, but it would take me 10 minutes to set it up and you're better off just going and finding the show. Yeah, I thought, so of, of I never saw... Um, the Dark Knight was the first Christopher Nolan Batman, right? No, the first one was Batman Begins, the uh, one with Liam Neeson. Oh, Dark Knight, the one with Heath Ledger, or is that the one with Bane? Uh, the Dark Knight is the one with Heath Ledger, the Joker. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I watched like a half an hour of that and turned it off. Like I didn't. Why only a half hour? Was I it? thought Batman Begins was a great movie, but I really like, I could not get into. The uh. Heath Ledger Joker one, like I just, I don't know whether it was like. What about Heath Ledger licking his lips later, and all that? And like, yeah, I just everybody was, was like, I, I like, and maybe that's just the contrarian in me that like everybody was raving about Heath Ledger's performance, and I was like, I expected like something to be like, I expected my mind to be blown, and then I was just like, oh, it's like, yeah, it's a method actor, like, okay. You know, I should just point out as we're uh, recording. I guess better this. than uh, what's his name's Joker, though. I have Jack seen, Nicholson. I haven't seen Suicide Squad. Uh, oh, Jared, Jared Leto, Leto. <laughs> ruined method acting by do, putting all the putting out Dead of there how he was. Yeah, doing all this bizarre stuff in character all the time, and the movie tanked, and they cut out most of his part. And they're they're spinning off another character from that, like. But as as we're doing this, we're being photographed by Kathleen from uh, 
the Community Foundation for Greater New Haven. The only, I just got to tell you, Ethan, she took a photo of something on your desk. So <laughs> whenever this comes out, that's on you. I just want for the record, it's Ethan's desk. Yeah, my not, uh, my part office is like, yeah, no. my, mine is cordoned off and it's too dark in there for, because uh, I know how to, uh, what's that word? Swat? Swat the photographers? Fort! Fort! Oh, Fort. That's what I'm yeah, trying to sorry. say. Thank you. All right, so back to our list here. I'm going to say the worst movie on here. Man, actually, it's kind of tough. Have you seen that 12 Angry Men? I think that's Henry Fonda. It, it is. You know, I've actually never oh, seen that. I mean, I've I read about it in, extensively. Uh, seventh grade. Yeah, Yeah, I know that's supposed to be great, but I've, I've, for whatever reason, I've just never actually sat through the, the whole thing. But, you know, I guess I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Lord of the Rings. The Return of the King, because I don't think those I'm, movies... I'm forgetting which one that was, but yeah, yeah I don't even not... Which is testament to the fact that it's not I that not good. not allowed by any of them, yeah. What I'm amazed is what's missing from that list. Citizen Kane? Yeah, well, uh, take or leave Citizen Kane. <laughs> Goodfellas. Oh, God. Good. What do you mean, oh, God? Dances with Wolves? Dances with Wolves took the Oscar from Goodfellas <laughs> in 1990, know. and one of the worst... But you're not a good fellow. But you, I no, mean, that's you a good. Say, I mean, your taste and this will go over big in New Haven with all the fancy pants. You love uh, French movies. That's your whole thing. You let me borrow a French movie, which is so you have not returned. It's yet, just yeah. sitting on a shelf. You can get it any time. Jean Pierre Melville masterpiece. Um, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, I mean, uh, Goodfellas isn't. You know, it's a good, decent movie, I guess. Well, yeah, good, I'm surprised movie. that both the the first two Godfathers are there and Goodfellas isn't. But you know. I, th- I would put I would put Goodfellas at the top of the list. I would uh, I think it's That's better the, than Godfather. The best movie or, of yeah, ever I think, made. I think Goodfellas is the best movie ever made. Wow. Uh, I think it's compelling from start to finish. It's I mean you forget how scary it was. I think people forget because Joe Pesci now that's become sort of a, a joke his character because you're yeah, you've been yeah. desensitized to yeah, the violence yeah, in that movie because it's been on. But it was that was essentially a horror movie. I remember seeing it in the theater mm. when I had to be probably 16 or so when it first came out, and uh, it was terrifying because you didn't know what Joe Pesci was going to do next. Yeah, yeah, it was it wasn't so comical. Am I, am I a yeah. clown? Am I funny? Do you know that whole? It's it's yeah as you said it seeped into like it's like a cliche in pop culture that right. whole monologue but yeah i remember i must have been like 11 or 12 when i i remember my uh parents like rented it and it was one of those things Whoa. where like i like I, I saw a bunch of the movie but like like a, a lot of it was uh you know my mom's hand was a lot like of f-bombs in eyes. there too yeah language I mean, they're okay with you know whatever my son all the time he's six now and he constantly asks me about like what bad words are like all the time like i watched uh uh, speaking of movies this movie called hell or high water with jeff bridges chris pine and ben foster Hmm. uh great movie i highly recommend it you kind of came and went in theaters that you can No, there's like a lot of those where like i was i was at my mom's house over thanksgiving there's no green guy wrecking stuff so yeah yeah. a guy with a cape fighting batman so no one yeah i was home for thanksgiving and like my mom is like 900 channels or whatever so i'm like scrolling through and there's all these movies with like a-listers that came out in like the past couple years that i had just never heard of and i don't know if like i like i don't go to the movies much anymore but i just but it's called hell or high water so my my kid gets obsessed on the hell part of it because he he knows that's a bad word somehow and he's learning to read i don't know about these schools teaching our kids uh to read i just feel like i'm being undermined as a parent left and right i can't do i can't i can't watch hell or high water now Mm. uh, because he constantly asks about it 
but anyway. Do you think Fight Club is one of the 10 best movies ever made? I don't know if I'd put it on my top. I mean, I like Fight Club. I'm surprised to see that. I don't know if that's like the millennial influence on some of these. I also like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, but do you think that's the best? Was that one of the man with no name? Yes. I think that's Sergio Leone's best movie. A lot of people, Once Upon a Time in the West has gotten some revisionist love, but... Did he do... Well, he must have. Once Upon a Time in America. A Fistful of Dollars? Yes. I really enjoyed that. And for a few dollars more. I really liked Fistful. What what really throws me off about those is that how, like, they're dubbed. Like, it's like a bad Japanese horror movie, but it's it's like... But it works. Great Western cinema. Except Clint Eastwood. Another thing I was trying to explain to my son, the whole concept of dubbing. Mm. Mm. Uh, but anyway, life's hard uh, as a parent. But you know, and I, also like Pulp Fiction, that's generally recognized to be like Tarantino's uh, best movie. But I think I like I enjoy Jackie Brown more. But I think you know. Reservoir. I would I would put uh, Reservoir Dogs in a in a top ten. Although I think Pulp Fiction deserves to be there too. I would put that Pulp- was more of a like a groundbreaking film, I guess, than you know any of his others. Yeah, he's, been, he's sort of repeating himself in some of them after that. But mm. you know what I, I'd, I'd also put on there? And the Thing, the 1982 John Carpenter movie, The Thing, mm. uh, should be on there. I'm surprised to see, because that's one that way it, it sort of bombed when it came out. And that's our police scanner in the background. But it sort of bombed when it came out and was hated by critics, but has gone from a cult classic to being accepted just as a mainstream. Now it's considered a masterpiece. And I'm surprised it hasn't... Uh, eked its way into the IMDb top 10 yet. And also I'd put just another horror movie on there because there's not not one of these is a horror movie as I'm looking again. Uh, 1978 George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. I mm. think that is... I mean, the, if you if you look at right, the Right, mo- that was like the... It defined the yeah, modern zombie, zombie movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did it really in Night of the Living Dead, but if you look at the most popular show uh, you know, on planet Earth right now, the one that everyone's mm. watching in huge numbers which just blows my mind, is The Walking Dead, which is just like a hyper-violent... Everybody but me, I guess. ...amoral show about zombies, uh, but they, you know, there would be no Walking Dead if it wasn't for George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. It's that that's the plot. I mean... And I guess what, like, we got to talk about, like, genres, um, and, like, yeah, is the good, the bad, and the ugly the best Western? Like, I think people generally put I mean, I'd put High Noon above it. Uh, people also like The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. That's generally well regarded. But. Well, what we're leaving out, The Wild Bunch. Sam Peckinpah's The Wild Bunch, which essentially ended the classic Hollywood Western by yeah, yeah, by killing everyone at the end, where I it's just a bunch of... One yet. Oh, it's such a good movie. Stagecoach I, is another one that I, people hold out. That, John, like, see, but I, for me, after you see... Like, I grew up watching... like I just, El Dorado was just on uh, this weekend, and I was trying to watch it with my son, Jack, with uh, Dean Martin as the drunk. Oh, and, I saw... Uh, and James When Conn. I was at home at my yeah, mom's was, yeah. house, I saw, like, that description on that. I was like, Dean Martin as, like, yeah. a gunslinger? Oh, I'm like, sorry. You know what, though? I, I'm getting my the movies messed up, though. The, uh, El Dorado was with uh, uh, James Caan and... Uh, uh, not Gregory Peck. Robert Mitchum. Robert Mitchum played oh. the uh, the town drunk. And it's just, you know, John Wayne and a 19-year-old James Caan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very good. But once you see The Wild Bunch, because it, it, you know, it demystifies the Western and the whole Hollywood system because uh, it's just so downbeat. But I, I love The Wild Bunch. And the fact that it's not on this IMDb top 10 should be criminal. We should. I'm going to call Donald Trump, who's 
phone number is in our last podcast, and I'm going to ask him. In addition to flag burning, we should uh, strip anybody who doesn't put the Wild Bunch uh, in the in the IMDb top ten. Just strip them of their citizenship. It's done. Or jail for a year. That's good too. Yeah, so we don't have enough jails. But so that's that. And then in terms of, uh, we should just talk real quickly as we sort of wrap this one up, right? 24 minutes is probably enough on us rambling about movies. This will be, I already have the headline for this. It's, we're going to call it uh, Valley Indie Naval Gazing, Least Interesting Podcast <laughs> Ever. So this is history right here. This is by far our least interesting podcast uh, based on past uh, page view information and download uh, information. People hate when we don't talk about local news on this mm. podcast. Uh, I interviewed the guy who starred in Gremlins, which I thought, this is, we're going to be, that's it. We're finally going to break some iTunes records. Mm. Nothing. No mm. one listened to it. No one cares about Gremlins. Jim Florentine. Yeah, the Jim Florentine. Yeah. Cringe comic Jim Florentine. Nothing. <laughs> no one No one cared. And Jim Florentine never retweeted it. So I'll, <laughs> I unfriended him. on. I showed him. I unfriended him on Facebook. All right, so here is... Uh, this day in history, stolen from derbyhistorical.org and compiled by Ethan Fry. December 5th, 1906, Ansonia, an apartment in a three-story tenement on Lower Main Street, catches fire when a cl- when clothes drying next to a stove ignite. Did you just copy and paste these without reading? Yes. Two construction workers who are working nearby are heroes after they enter the burning apartment and rescue three children who are home alone. One of them, a five-year-old girl, is critically injured. The Eagle Hose Hook and Ladder Company number six men hitch their hand-drawn jumper hose cart to Ansonia Water Company's sprinter horse, Sweet Marie, which then rushes barely under control at a breakneck speed to the fire, startling many along Main Street. Probably the fire would startle them too. Mm. The Eagle and Webster Hose Companies quickly extinguish the fire. So like that, you know. Are we on Lower Main Street right now? We're at 158 Main Street. Is Yeah. Is that... I wonder more. if that was the same or if the, after before the flood did it have a different configuration. Mm. So anyway, that's that. Yeah, that was yeah. December 5th, 1906. December 7th, 1907. The new Lyceum Theater opens in the Alling Block on Main Street in Derby. The entrance has been changed to a theater entrance complete with electric lights. The 225 seats are at an incline so everyone could see the stage and there is standing room for 75 people. The storefront theater will show vaudeville, movies, and illustrated songs. On this opening night, the feature act is Mrs. Peter Mayer and her son of same name performing a comedy sketch. Tickets are sold out on the two opening night performances. Uh, That sounds terrible. (laughs) December 8th, 1934. What's an illustrated song? Uh, it's a good, good question. All right, moving on. High school football. High school next. football. Ansonia defeats Derby 12-0 at Island Park. That's what we call O'Sull or what O'Sullivan's Island, now O'Sullivan's Island, in zero degree weather and a cold wind. Four thousand brave the cold to watch, with hot coffee being a popular drink. The ice in the water buckets freeze before the game is over. Last week, Ansonia youths painted a goalpost lavender. Ansonia's football team was named the Lavender back then, so Derby responds a couple days later by painting their own goalpost bright red. Both goalposts are carried to Ansonia by their victorious fans after the game. And then I thought this was interesting. A couple entries here. December 9th, 1908. Derby. The new hospital is nearing completion. A valley-wide committee has been organized and is actively trying to raise money to equip it. 
December 6, 1909, about a year later, Derby, the new Griffin Hospital opens for patients for the first time. So here we are, 107 years later, Griffin still going strong and pretty much, you know, the hub of that community. Those are some no terrible point. choices. I, you had some better ones that you were going on with uh, when we, before we went on mic to do this, but uh, I guess we won't go into it. <laughs> but, uh, and some of these are being repeated. I, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Like I, I feel like I'm. You, you know, did the lavender thing. Differentiate with, that. We did with that with them. the football guys with uh, when Mike Kenichi and uh, Sean Morse. Sean we're, we're in Valley here. Sports yeah, we that Rewind, uh, another podcast here at the Valley Indy. So uh, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add or bring up. We, we Any could, predictions we for could, uh, uh, the Westworld season finale, Sunday? Well, this will air Monday. Oh, yeah, the, so, uh, so how about that Westworld last night? <laughs> Unbelievable. Shocking. I can't, I can't believe, believe Dr. Ford is actually a host and like when, the rest of them. When uh, the guy from Boardwalk Empire showed up, Michael Shannon, that was unbelievable. <laughs> In character. Yeah, yeah. Michael Shannon's awesome, by the way. He has. A, I haven't seen him in. Uh, I saw him in like a. He, there was like a movie on Netflix about like a, like a End hit man world. from like oh. the seventies. It was like he was Wait, called the like Ice the, man? the Ice Man. Yeah, yeah. That's a true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was a whole HBO did a, a documentary series where they just sat down and interviewed that psycho. Mm. Uh, and it was like it's like four parts. Yeah, it's total yeah, exploitation. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. HBO is thought of as so high minded, but they do some really down in the gutter. And that was one of them where they just interviewed this hitman. The same thing with uh, MSNBC. It's like there's like like left wing news network. And then like Friday at 10 p.m. It's just like the prison channel. Lock up. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, but whatever, whatever. Uh, Whatever balances the account books, I guess. But Michael Shannon has been doing podcasts lately. I guess he's promoting whatever movie he's in. Uh, the name of the movie escapes me, but he was on the Mark Maron podcast oh, okay. for an hour, and uh, just an interesting, really weird guy. And I think he was on he was on the Nerdist recently, that Chris Hardwick uh, podcast. Yeah, of all like the recent, like Boardwalk Empire to me is like the most disappointing. Like it had such potential in like the first couple seasons, but then it like, I don't know what happened. It just sort of like unraveled. I, you know, I don't know how to explain it. Like it was just, it, Ran it, out of steam, it, yeah, it just yeah. disappointed me. Like how it ended up, I guess. I think the whole thing, cause now they're saying there's all these debates in the pop culture world as to whether episodic television has replaced the theater going experience. Like are people hmm. even going to go see movies anymore? I mean, what do you, what do people see in the movies now? It's, it's like all superhero, superhero stuff movies, yeah. or things you take your kid to, mm. you know, like toy, toy story four. Uh, so yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but Oh, the thing I, my problem with some of this, uh, the television now after you had breaking bad and mad men, the Sopranos and the wire, right? Those are sort of the, the major leagues of these these new great modern television shows. They all had an end point, though. When they start, like The Wire, when it began, knew where it was going to end. Mm. And I think a lot of those shows mm. did. I think The Sopranos probably did to some extent. Breaking Bad definitely did. They had some idea, like, all right, we're going to do five, six seasons, and that'll be it. Mm -hmm. Now you've got these shows, and I think Boardwalk Empire just sort of meandered. Mm -hmm. yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They start yeah. them. If they're a hit, then, I mean, The Walking Dead, I know you don't watch it, but this is the... It's like just an abuse yeah. of uh, the golden era of television because they're just clear. They're, you know, it's a big show. It's a mm -hmm. big hit. 
they'll never end that thing. They hope it goes on forever. And you can tell they're just introducing and reintroducing characters. I mean, the, the last episode as we're taping this, it revisited a storyline with a, featuring a character. She was the sole featured character for the whole one-hour episode who hadn't been seen in nine episodes. Like when they, I, I don't even remember what was she doing the last time I saw her. But so they they pulled a bottle I, episode. On, I think on they, everybody. Huh? What does that mean? What what reference is that, Dennis Miller? What are you? It's going like a, an episode. Like I forgot. It, it, it's like refers to like when uh, I forgot like why it's called a bottle episode, but it's like it minimizes the use of like characters and sets and stuff to save money, like a, a TV they're just, show. I, I see it as just padding. Like there's the, there's a couple of main stories in there, especially this season, but they just they know they have to drag out all these seasons and maximize their advertising revenue. So they just create characters and bring in all these characters and claim, oh, it's from the comic book. Yeah, yeah. But it just it gets annoying. Like that's a show that just annoys me now uh, every week when I watch it. It's no Real Housewives of New Jersey. That's all okay. I have to say. Wikipedia, a bottle episode is produced cheaply and restricted in scope to use as few non-regular cast members effects and sets as possible the etymology originates with the similar term used on the 1960s star trek cast and crew members of the show use the phrase ship in a bottle episodes for those that took place only on board the starship enterprise so like there were there uh, like the there's a show i watched community that was on for a few years where they would have like one of the sets was like a study room like one of the episodes was just all in that room you know stuff mm. like that I had no idea. Look at that. You learn something new every day, especially uh, on Valley Naval Gazing. Especially so. if you deal with uh, Ethan Fry on a regular basis. All right. So uh, for Ethan Fry, I'm Eugene Driscoll, and we will see you or hear you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.